Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of... Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. brother hey john how's it going <laughs> going all right uh, happy i'm at the end of a work day it's dark early outside but the atlanta braves are still world champions <laughs> you're gonna have to hear about it for a while they're gonna right. be world champions until the next season starts or until the next world series i think ends. i think they're def- they defend they're defending champs until they're not anymore i like that yeah so even if they're in dead last place it's like 350 <laughs> days or so yeah <laughs> i love it I'll um, take it. We're also here to talk more about Passenger 57. Yeah. Uh, 1992, uh, just a gem of an action movie. This would be a vehicle for this Wesley This is a Snipes. Wesley Snipes vehicle. Yeah, Speaking I Speaking of vehicle, they should have called this movie Aircraft B-Roll, the film. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of, yeah, this movie footage. is 35 to 40% B-Roll of the exterior Stock of aircraft. footage yeah, of a just plane a, flying. Airlines and heli- like her- uh, helicopters. That's I found it. myself thinking like it's now it's just second nature to me that the, you know, the movie is called Passenger 57 yeah. and like whatever. But that it kind of means nothing. It's like incidental to the plot of the film or anything like that right. for, for the most part. But it sounds cool. Yeah. Or is it just in my it mind does. that it sounds cool? No, it does sound cool. Um, we, I mean, we sort of addressed earlier that the concept of it being named Passenger 57 at first was seemed like a mis- arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been Passenger 12. Yeah, but that doesn't sound as cool. Yeah, but fif- there's something about it just sounds cool. Yeah, it does sound cool. They must have cool. workshopped that. Passenger, Passenger 12 sounds dumb. Even Passenger 17 or tw- Passenger 20. Like, Passenger 57 just sounds cool. I think it's... Yeah, there's well, it's a, I, there's probably something to that about the the cluster of consonants and stuff about the word fifty seven. Like, yeah, fuck is a extremely gra- gratifying word to say. Fuck, just because, <laughs> <laughs> and say so fifty seven. I think maybe yeah. has that. Passenger five sounds more badass than passenger twelve. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's yeah, I think it's the hard consonants. Yeah, um, but yeah. Killer fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it because it, it was not one that was on my radar when I was a kid. Um, and I don't recall it being one that was in heavy rotation on like TBS and TNT and stuff. Certainly not. I don't I don't even know where I found it or saw it. But yeah, I don't think it was a like cable movie staple. We'll, we'll get into it later. We'll talk about maybe in a later episode about Ebert's take on this movie. But I'm right with him in that like... It's a, it's just fun. It's fun to watch. It's a serviceable action movie. That's exactly, basically, that's and what it's an econo- <laughs> It's economic. Yeah, It doesn't exactly. waste any, it knows exactly, I think, what it is and what it isn't. Right. And it doesn't try to be more than what you're here for, you know? Exactly. 
Uh, do you want to try to catch us up on what? Yeah, I mean, there's happened? not a lot to get caught up on. So the FBI, for whatever reason, is taking this guy who's a notorious airplane bomber to stand trial. They're taking him from Florida to LA to stand trial for an airplane bombing. Yeah. They're taking this hijacker on an airplane. Put him on a plane. Yeah. And on the same plane is recently appointed head of security for this airline, uh, John Cutter, played by Wesley Snipes. It's a hell of a coincidence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, also on the plane is a cute stewardess named Marty who was in a class that Wesley Snipes was teaching at the very beginning of the movie, and they kind of had beef with one another because she wasn't following directions. Also on the plane is uh, Hawk from Twin Peaks, who's yeah. a, a dude named Monsieur Forger, uh-huh. and uh, another attractive airline stewardess, I guess, flight attendant, pardon me, we're in a different time, played by Elizabeth Hurley, who just gunned down um, the two FBI agents who were guarding Rain, our villain, yeah. And uh and then Wesley Snipes and Marty managed to scurry away into the bowels of the plane right after Rain, the villain, shot a dude in the head in cold blood. Yeah. Just assassinated the guy. Yeah, he just likes to kill people. He's killed like three people. No, he's killed two people and they've killed a- several already. Right. The FBI agents, the pilot. Yeah. A pilot. A one of the pilots, yeah. And um and the innocent hostage. Yeah. And his own guy. Yeah. And one get, of his own guys. We get the, and it, like he doesn't want anything other than what he says that he's already got, which is control of the plane and everything on it, which is I mean, like he's not all right, so he's not in it for the and we talked about is he a death worshipper? Like what's yeah. the deal? He's just a, a nihilist. I think or is he he's doesn't seem to be a mercenary, no, but like I a, don't know. He has no ideals. He just wants to kill people. Yeah. And uh. then get away with it, I guess. So it's going well for him so far. Yes. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, well, we pick it up. Um, Cutter and Marty, they've just escaped by taking the elevator down into like the lower galley area. Um, Rain and Sabrina chase after them, but they're too late. I, I don't really understand how these elevators work. Right. Like, because when they ran in, the door didn't fully close. Like, it was a jar, but they're just like, well, they're gone. Yeah, they're like, already I don't know down if, the shaft. If, if, it was, if that's a goof, if it's supposed to be the door closes and it's locked, and then whatever, because it seems like they could have flung it open and just started shooting. Man, I should but. have asked my sister. She's a flight attendant. Oh, do you think she's, she's ridden the elevator, or is it more know. just for sending stuff up and down? I would say that it's down. more for sending stuff up and down. Okay. I Matrix was, I rode think. in one of those in Commando. Yeah, he, did. he did. He yeah. barely fit in that thing. Right. Um, but yeah, so... Rain picks up the phone to call down to down below where they've got a guy. Right. So the dude whose name is may or may not be Robert, but he's credited as Vincent. (laughs) I think he's, I don't. Yeah. That's a, it's a mystery that never gets explained. (laughs) Maybe he killed a guy named Robert. That's what I was thinking. Maybe the guy who was supposed to be working down there on the crew list or whatever was Robert. There's a body somewhere at that airport. Well, I want to talk about that, but we'll get, we'll get to it. Um, but yeah, so as the elevator delivers Cutter and uh, Marty to the underbelly of the plane, Robert is there waiting. This guy had a great villain face, I yeah. thought, like very severe features. Yeah. Did he not? I thought he looked like sort of a, like a diminutive uh, Michael Ironside. I could see that. In the yeah. face. He yeah. just had like, looked like an ass kicker, looked like a tough guy, whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Cutter just pounces on him and pins him up against the wall. He wants to know who he is. Marty tells him it's okay. You know, I there's mean, always a person down here. You guess that the order came down from upstairs not to kill whoever's coming well, off the elevator, right? I, I, I don't know exactly what the words were he would have said. I think he would have said, 
we got a couple of troublemakers or whatever right. it is. You know, they're on their way a down. monkeys in the wrench. But they down were the... down there like instantly, right. you know, before he had a chance to okay, go grab sense. a gun can, or something. I can I can get with that then. Um, But yeah, so Marty's like telling Cutter it's okay. You know, there's always somebody down Does here. Does he not know? He's exactly. worked for airline security for years. Yeah, if he's the security expert, he would he would know there would be someone down there, right. a crew member. And wouldn't Marty know the person? Mm. Do you think they never see each other? I I don't know. I, I think I don't know how shifts work on. I know sometimes you're working with people you don't know. They yeah. just get picked up for a shift or whatever. I would so think it could have been easily explained. Like, yeah. in, like she could have just been like, who are you? And she's like, or she could have been like, where's Robert? Right. And he's like, oh, I'm, he, he called, he's Robert. on, or he's just like, oh, he called in. <laughs> right. He's on, he yeah. took vacation. I picked up his shift. Right. Exactly. That's how I think it works. Living in Atlanta, I've, uh, I've gone out with a, a few flight attendants <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I think when you're like a newbie on the job, you just sort of, there are flights available that you pick up. Like you, I can confirm that because hope, hope basically my hope is my sister for listening audiences who don't know that's the flight attendant. She's on standby like 80% of her life. Yeah. And it's like, you may or may not get called for a flight, but sometimes she has to, she has to get up at like two o'clock in the morning to be at the airport just in case there's a flight attendant that calls in and then she yeah. jumps on that flight. So I think, yeah, I think how it works is if you're a senior person, mm -hmm. then you're probably have steady roots. The ones you do all the time. And you always, I think, are with the same crew. But if someone's on vacation, then, you know, then, right. then there's an empty slot. And like newer, less experienced people, I think, are jumping on claiming, picking up those shifts. Right. And it starts with like the fucking red eye flights, the ones nobody wants to do. And then it works its way up to the cushier assignments or yeah. whatever. So I guess it's it. We'll say it's conceivable. Yeah, totally. Um, now, that leads me, though, to to saying, like, how did Vincent and Sabrina wind up on that flight in uniforms. Right. Did they get hired by the airline or do they kill people? And I think, assume I think it's conceivable that Robert for his part probably just snuck on. Do you think he killed a guy? Perhaps. On the that's what I'm saying. I think that maybe there's a dead body somewhere that's what at I'm, the airport. That's, I, I would go along with in that. Sabrina's what about Sabrina's case? I think that she probably got hired, got hired. Okay. Um, and maybe because she, her boyfriend slash boss is a <laughs> airline hijacker, that totally makes sense that she would. It'd still you know, be hard to get assigned to that particular flight. Like, I think she could have killed somebody maybe. and assumed there. Or slept with someone. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's a sexist she weapon. She her feminine wiles. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it's a theory. At any rate, Cutter goes along with Marty telling him just to relax. Yeah. Uh, he tells Robert, you know, there's a hijacking going on upstairs and I need your help. Robert's not too keen to help right yeah, off the like, bat. Yeah, he's like, I'm on. He's like, if you want to fight terrorists, you're on your own. <laughs> Fucking looking out for number one down there. I, Robert. Like <laughs> I mean, I don't like it, but, yeah. you know, so Cutter tells him, you know, grab a tool uh, or something. You can help me break into the forward compartment. Marty runs off to search as Robert like. Slash Vincent. I'm going right. to call him Vincent because yeah. he is Vincent. He's called Vincent. Yeah, throughout we, we the say rest Robert, of the movie. but it's always in quotation marks. His name is the character name is Vincent. Right. So Vincent grabs a knife out of his boot. Right. And, uh, says he offers unsolicited. I think we should do exactly what Mr. Rain wants. <laughs> like, he just immediately tipped his hand. Like that's a like ridiculously dumb mistake. <laughs> 
Like, why are bad guys so fucking inept? Like, Rain like doesn't seem to surround himself with the best people. He must just be muttering incompetence (laughs) before shooting people all the time. Like, I got the feeling in Die Hard, you know, that the that for the most part. Uh, Hans's crew was competent. Yeah, he had a Cracker Jack crew. Yeah. Um, you know, they made some mistakes, but they didn't just immediately say, I think we should do exactly what Mr. Rain wants. No. So Cutter and Marty instantly are aware something's wrong. Right. And now we're fighting. The yeah, music yeah. just cuts in. <laughs> it made me laugh the way the music started <laughs> in. It was just instantly this like intense sort of percussive. Yep. Whatever. Um, Robert comes at Cutter with the knife. Cutter just deftly parries his attacks. Cutter's techniques seem very sort of. There's a lot of just arm waving and like self. Yeah, it's it seemed to... very self-taught to me. Uh huh. But I I did research and like legit snipes was like a fifth degree black belt. I and... think that it's a, it's just supposed to look showy for the camera. There are a lot of like extraneous movements and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, there are also a lot of there are moments before he'll deliver an attack or in between attacks where there's almost a pause. And you can tell that, maybe not for his part, but the guy that's playing Vincent, that there's moment where they're reading each other and it's like, all right, the move's coming. And so they're just like these brief little moments where it's like the fight doesn't move exactly right. But yeah, Snipes is definitely selling it for the camera in some of these (laughs) instances. So Cutter just quickly disarms uh, Vincent and kicks the shit out yeah, of him. Yeah, I'm like, gotta go, gotta go. Like, what, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Vincent touched him one time. Yeah, I don't think he did either. But yeah, he uh, he just came and at the end, his finishing move was Vincent's. He just screams at the top of his lungs and runs at Cutter. And yeah, Cutter just kicks him through the through the door into the forward compartment. Right. I wonder um, if gotta go, gotta go was supposed. <laughs> were they hoping that that was gonna catch on? Like yippee ki yay, motherfucker, or something like that. <laughs> gotta go, gotta go. I don't know. I don't, man. It didn't. In case you want to uh, know. So Cutter he tells Marty to go find something to 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 bind the unconscious uh, Vincent. Look in the baggage. Or you know you could just kill him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? I don't know. I maybe. You know they're murderous, and you know this dude would like probably want to crash this plane or blow it up or kill the. I think it's one of those instances where it's it's this person's probably more valuable alive. This could be, yeah. Um, either for information or to try to negotiate with the the bad guys upstairs. I'll I'll buy that. So back at uh, airline headquarters. Sly Del Vecchio, that's um, Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore, yeah, he's marshalling his forces, barking out orders just to do the most obvious shit. Yeah, at first I was like, all this stuff, would not the feds have been in charge? But then I'm, I had to remind myself that this is mere moments. This has only been yeah. literal m- minutes, like two minutes have passed since the last time we saw Del Vecchio. But it's shit like, be sure you track them on the radar and like, call the call the feds and give me a list of the passenger. Like, I just wouldn't think you'd even need to give those orders. Yeah, like those things would have arrived within well, moments. Every of this flight's happening. being tracked all the time. Right. But anyway, he's doing shit. He's, he's uh, taking care of business. Size more needed lines. <laughs> and this movie would have been short if not for this. Oh, little it's short already, <laughs> but yeah, shorter. <laughs> um, now back on the airplane, Forge is dragging poor Douglas's corpse through the cap. And that was yeah. the innocent passenger that they Gruesome shot. Until I have to like all the people watch the body get drug. It's, I mean, it's very reminiscent of Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was recently on a flight where somebody died. 
you know this story. It was yeah. weird. It was weird after the fact to like know that just it's just weird to know you were on a plane with like a corpse. Well, even the way that you were just describing the way that the plane was deboarded and the body was just laying there like uncovered and yeah, just, it was. Like, they were in the mind boggling. So to me. the pilot on the in the case of mine, the pilot and like an EMT were sort of just standing over this slumped over body, just chatting it up, and I'm like. I, I couldn't believe they hadn't draped a blanket or a jacket or something over the body, like yeah. for the dignity of the, you know, of the, the deceased dead or whatever. I don't know what the protocols are. If, if any of you out there listening do know, please let us know. Cause yeah, yeah it was, it's, it was a weird situation and I was sort of rattled for like a day or so. Um, yeah, as yeah, I would be too. Did you also notice it's just permanently sunset outside the windows of the plane I noticed, yeah, all the time? I noticed some some weird time things happening throughout the like, movie, but yeah. You mentioned the, the stock footage of the plane flying broad daylight. Right. And then inside it's, it's you know, pink, it's, pink, yeah. cla- like pink. It looks uh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so now there was another terrorist there just reading a magazine, gun oh, yeah. in hand. At this point, we're still unclear on how many bad guys are on the plane, right? Yes. We don't know. We had the featured bad guys, but then you also got like the Rambo clone that got killed earlier. Right. And this dude who just seemed completely uh, expendable. Right. So sort of nerdy, bookish looking. Yeah. What do you, what was that dude reading? Sky mall? Yeah. Something like that. He was, he <laughs> was browsing. He was browsing. <laughs> Should have been like a porno mag or something. I don't know what he would have had. <laughs> I think it, I, I would have loved for it to have been like the, the instruct, the safety instructions for like <laughs> Like for emergency <laughs> exits off the plane yeah. and stuff like that. Emergency exactly. landing. Got to bone up on his material. Now, down in the cargo area, Cutter is tying up Robert. Cutter's explaining, you know, if I can get to the avionics compartment, I can override the controls and bring the plane down. He As says. in crash it? Say what? <laughs> that's what I was like. I mean, I guess that's true. I'm going to save these passengers even if I have to crash this plane to do it. What? Like, it's just... It's a risky move at best. Yeah. Right. You could be out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Like he doesn't really know. Cutter can't know where they are. Right. He could have hijacked the plane and said, turn due south. And they're out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico somewhere. Right. I mean, I guess look out the window, but I don't know, it's <laughs> just dark. Yeah, exactly. Right? But they were, <laughs> I think even in the footage, they were out over the ocean. They're like flying over the Gulf, but they're close to the coast. Right. Right. Um, at any rate. Uh, Marty points out that's a crazy plan. Cutter just says we have no choice. Now, Marty reminds him that, you know, earlier the training, you told me to always follow the terrorist's instructions. She's got a point. Yeah, but this is no ordinary terrorist. Yeah, Cutter Cutter says Rain's no ordinary terrorist. He's, uh, you know, what I'm going to do is dump the fuel. It's going to force the pilots to land the plane. It's or, a, it's a or big, crash. That's a big gamble. <laughs> so he starts just fucking with the electronics. Uh, Marty is trying to stop him. He can't possibly know how to do what he seems to be doing. He doesn't like, even he just know yanking wires protocols like. for like who is supposed to be working where on the plane ever. Yeah, like, <laughs> he cannot know what these wires are yeah, doing. Agreed. Here. Um, it's beyond his pay grade. Uh, Marty's trying to stop him, and he says, "God damn it, Lisa! I don't have time for this shit." PTSD. Oh, he called her Lisa. He's haunted by the ghost of his past. I did. I thought that was at least a nice bit of writing. It was yeah. something, you know. Yeah. But yeah, he's lets us know that he, you know, earlier I Dovecchio called out to him like she reminds, she reminds me, me of Lisa, and right. he got defensive about it. But I think he senses it too. Oh yeah, he didn't even like pick up on it. Like he just went yeah. Right that's through. what I liked about it. It was just like uh, 
it just went. Yeah, I think she picked up on it. He didn't even yeah, know what he was saying. Definitely. Um, so Cutter's insisting, you know, this guy Rain is going to kill everyone on this plane unless we stop him. He also says that Rain is quote one of the most dangerous terrorists in the world. So did he already know that about Rain and just didn't recognize him because of hashtag face transplants or what? I think I I would guess being in the line of work that he's in, he probably is. He has knowledge of the most famous terrorist. Yeah. I mean, did he ever do you think he had a good opportunity to have seen his face before the hijacking That's started? I'm, I'm like, how would he know that Rain is one of the most dangerous terrorists? I would in think in his circle that he operates in, in airline security circles, okay. everyone knows I what Rain looks that. like. All right. That's what I'm going to, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right. Um, so Marty tells him, you know, tell me you're good at this. He says, I'm the best. So, Smooth. So has he stopped terrorists in midair before? I don't know. Yeah, they, I can't, he can't possibly, he cannot possibly <laughs> the best have at done what? this. The best at undoing this wire? The best what? at, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't idea. know. It's good. Also, yeah, he pulls, he pulls a single wire out. And the plane and makes. the plane just and it starts going to a nosedive, losing altitude. I like it's good to know that the fuel will dump if there's a single wire that comes loose under the plane. We're somewhere. all gonna die. <laughs> um, so back at uh, AIA, yeah. Atlantic International Headquarters, some dude is giving Del Vecchio a, a breakdown of Rain's rap sheet. Calls him the reign of terror. He's a yeah, sophisticated British aristocrat. What? What does so, that mean? He's like descended from royalty? So yeah, his family, they are the landed gentry is what that oh, means. Shit. And so I guess he's not hurting for cash, probably not doing this for money. This is just a hobby? Yeah, it's like just a, fucking, that's why I'm like, what the hell? Okay. Do we like or dislike the reign of terror as a like it's, moniker? It's whatever. It's okay. fine. Okay, is it too convenient? It's comic bookish, but <laughs> this movie is, so that yeah. it works. Okay. So again, there's a reference to him having killed his dad. Yeah. And like allusions to what his dad did to him and his sister. Yeah, it was some fucked up shit. He's also been linked to several bombings in London, Northern Ireland, but he's been untouchable because of close ties to the Middle East. I have no idea what, what any of this means. That's what made me think maybe he's like a mercenary, like for hire. You know, groups will pay him money like to organize with their the Bin Ladens, but we can't probably we can't fuck with the Bin Ladens because at the time we were using them to fight other people. I mean, it's just like all kinds of weird shit. I happening. don't know. Yeah, I don't understand why that makes him more formidable in either. this moment. I don't either. You know what I mean? People here Middle East watching this movie, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's problems yeah. in the Middle East. I've seen that. <laughs> I saw that on the news. I, I also find it weird that they just keep bringing up the shit about his childhood that is ultimately irrelevant. Right. In the in the course of this film, it never becomes important It never important materializes to the plot. At, at any time. If they were going to, there should have been a moment with that kid Norman on the plane or something, but there never was. Yeah. Like there's just no, yeah, it's, it's just, so, it's filler. Yeah. Basically. Um, so Mr. Ramsey arrives, he's the head of the airline, right. uh, Bruce Greenwood, the actor. He's pissed that a terrorist was allowed onto the plane. And rightfully so. Yeah. So are, so are we all, sir. <laughs> Davecchio says, I wasn't informed about this. The FBI, they just show up and they do what they want. He says they apparently show up and take whatever seats and don't notify anyone. Then uh, Ramsey says, you'd think they'd put an airline hijacker on a bus or a train, mm -hmm. which I remember that line well as being in like TV commercials or trailers. <laughs> it's a great, you know, it's a funny line. It is a great line. So Del Vecchio informs them that Cutter's on that plane. So Rain is going to have his hands full. Uh, now back up in the air. 
The plane is losing altitude rapidly. All the passengers are like losing their shit, looking very nervous. It was like Dutch tilts out the ass in yeah. this section, which I think <laughs> is maybe meant to just is it meant to make it seem like that's that's the incline that I the plane so. is I at? I think in this in this situation, yeah. Okay. That so, everything's a little off kilter. So Rain, he goes up to the cockpit, he asks what's the problem. Pilot tells him that they're losing fuel and they're gonna have to they're going down one way or another. Yeah. So Rain tells him, Well, let's prepare for a landing. Sensible. Now surprising. Down, down in the underbelly of the plane, Cutter is leading Marty to the rear of the plane where he plans to jump off. I'm sorry, what? Uh he scoops up a leather motorcycle jacket that had just fallen to the ground. Thank God that this red-ass costuming was lying around. <laughs> Back at uh, airline headquarters, they're saying, you know, the plane's preparing to land near Lake Lucille, Louisiana, okay. which appeared to be a completely fictitious town. Yeah. It was not on any map I could find. Um, if the fuel's dumping, I, is, is it dumping that fast that they couldn't make, make it to New Orleans or Houston or yeah, maybe not. or something? Maybe not. Wesley really did a number on that. I mean, Cutter, excuse me. <laughs> That's what makes me think if it's losing its fuel that fast, it's very likely that this could have just ended in a crash landing die. rather than finding an airstrip. Um, but yeah, at any rate, there is, as luck would have it, there's a small airstrip there. Oh, thank God. Just barely big enough for the plane. Right. Uh, Ramsey, he wants Del Vecchio to go out there pronto and represent the airline's interests. Basically, they put Del Vecchio on a helicopter which would take a while to fly from like right. Orlando to Louisiana. Ram, yeah, Ramsey's like, I don't want the feds or anybody else commenting to the press on this, but like, wouldn't the press and by now the feds been all over the airline headquarters? Like, I feel like every, all those worlds would be converging. Yeah, well, at this I mean, point. for it's sure like, the feds, you can't keep this from them. No, it might take the media a while to catch right. on, especially in especially Bumble, at, screw Louisiana. And in 1992, before yeah, there was true. like all these flight tracker. Apps That's true. And stuff like and no that. cell phones. Well, there are cell phones, but they're giant. <laughs> but they're like throw Del Vecchio on a helicopter, which would take hours and hours yeah, to make that flight. Not fast. Um, but also, it's an airline. Wouldn't they have a corporate jet? Yeah. Like it would. just was weird. Get the chopper. Well, they probably were thinking that they didn't want too much plane B roll. We need something <laughs> else. We need other aircraft B roll. Facts. Um, <laughs> On the plane, the pilot is uh, requesting permission to land at that Louisiana airstrip. Yeah. Again, it's two, definitely two different times inside the cockpit versus the outside establisher yeah. shot. Um, the air traffic controller is saying you're too big to land here. It's just too dangerous. Rain jumps on the radio and tells him to clear that runway because they're coming in. Right. So the air traffic controller, he tells his helper to like call for an ambulance. Like, <laughs> didn't do you get the vibe that that lady is like his wife and that this is like a family-owned mom and pop airstrip yes. operation? That's the that's the impression <laughs> I got. It seems to me it's like a feed store. It's like the, the it, seed it, and yeah, feed. Absolutely. And I better don't... go get the other planes off the runway, Ooh. mother. Like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It's like and call sheriff uh, Big, whatever the or, fuck. Yeah, call yeah. Chief Biggs. So and contact the airline, which I guess it could be that maybe the airline you would maybe they don't they just know. want to know who the f what's going on here what's your plane yeah, doing absolutely. here um yeah I don't know but down in the underbelly of the plane Cutter and Marty have layered up with some outerwear that leather jacket was a weird garment it had like the braided leather epaulets yeah it's strange but it was it, it was made, in style I'm sure I'm sure it was man whatever it made me also wonder like whatever happened to the braided leather belts. That used to be like some people still wear those. Yeah, they still you've rock seen them. them. Oh yeah, I've it's seen like, them in the wild, baby. It's like 
yacht attire or it something. is it is corporate goons attire still yeah oh oh yeah i'm into it guys that don't know any better so <laughs> <laughs> marty decides this is a good time to ask who lisa is right uh cutter says that was my wife she died when i tried to stop a robbery so marty is seeing you know there's something underneath uh that gruff exterior. Cutter's prickish facade. <laughs> yeah. Been an asshole. He's actually a widowed prick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now the phone starts ringing down there. It's rain, of course. Naturally. Cutter's pretty pleased uh, at yeah. how he's fucked Playing up Rain's out the way plan. you wanted, asshole. Yeah. Rain says, I've underestimated you, but my plan is still intact. Right. Which can't possibly be true no. at this point. No. At least there's a wrench thrown in it. Um. Rain's gloating over the death of Douglas. So then Cutter gloats about beating Vincent's ass. It's like dicks are being measured. Yes. Um, and now this is, yeah, this Cutter saying, you know, Charlie, I'm a little surprised at you. Didn't your father ever teach you never to send a boy to do a man's job? Which I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Whose well, job? What? Well, then Rain's, speaking of boys, our stewardess friend must be feeling particularly unsatisfied. What is that supposed to mean? I think he's... Is it like... He's insinuating that Cutter and Marnie are fucking in the bottom of the plane and that Cutter couldn't have done a good job. But, like, how did you get there? Did he mean boy with, like, the racial undertones? I Everything that... Almost everything that he says to Cutter in this movie seems sort of racist. <laughs> yeah, it made me... To me, it, like, almost hinted at deleted scenes. That perhaps yeah deleted made lines me think from the conversation, about, or that or that we're supposed to know that Rain had like set his sights on Marty or something, which hadn't really been they haven't established, established it at, at all. all. No. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a clue. But then Cutter's like Charlie, you ever play roulette on occasion? Well, let me give you a word of advice. Massive push in. Always bet on black. That dialogue sucks. But again, <laughs> it's probably because something got. Cut out, lost in translation. Dude, that was a pop culture touchstone, though. That yeah. line, always been on black. Dramatic phone hang up. Like, zoom yeah. in on and the I phone. I think a big musical, <laughs> like a big musical cue yeah, as there well. Yeah, was a beat there. I'm sure that probably, like, got a reaction, though, in theaters. Oh, yeah. People were whooping it. They were yucking it up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, in the helicopter, Del Vecchio is, is very anxious. Right. Some helicopter B-roll. Is he afraid of flying too, or is it just maybe afraid of being in a helicopter? I think he's probably nervous about the situation, but then also being in a helicopter and also wondering, like we are, like, does this helicopter have enough gas to get from New Orleans to Louisiana, or from uh, Orlando to Louisiana? So I did research. Like, uh, the top speed for a helicopter like that is about 160 miles an hour. That's faster than I would have thought. That's hauling ass. But it would still take four or five hours to fly from Orlando to like the middle of nowhere, Louisiana by a helicopter. Mm. It was like 600 miles also in the range of a helicopter like that is like 450. So they'd have to stop and refuel. Doesn't make any sense at all. Save but the again, corporate jet. They, Maybe the corporate jet was on the West coast. They or needed something. some helicopter B roll. That's yeah. My, that's they would theory. charter. If they would charter a plane, they would, there's no way you just put them on a helicopter and say, all right, you'll, you'll be there in five hours. Like this whole thing is probably going to be resolved in five hours. Right. Exactly. And it all, the plane, the jet that they were in was like, uh, it had, I think it was a Lockheed. It had a yeah. speed of 550 miles an hour. Like it would take them about an hour or so, right. you know, so it'd be like four hours lag before 
Sizemore comes rolling. Someone's going to get fired. Del Vecchio. <laughs> Del Vecchio is going to get killed. It almost made me think like a hell of a lot has happened on that flight in an hour's time. Definitely. That's like why, yeah, that's why I feel like this movie takes place in real time. <laughs> just about. Yeah. So now we got Forge. He's climbing down a ladder into the cargo hold. Uh, Cutter is telling Marty that the landing's going to be rough, so we better buckle up. Which, again, it's weird like he's talking to her as if she's right not a, a flight attendant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she does this for a living. Just a dumb woman. Um, he hears a bang. He goes to find out that uh, Vincent's woken up. Here, let me give you a hand, he says, and knocks him unconscious with another head. punch. I love it. Uh, Forge is hiding behind a corner, ready to attack with his little small Uzi. Now, as a... Cut to some plane B-roll. Yeah, planes <laughs> flying real low over, like, the county fair or something. Righty rides. And proudly flying Confederate flags. Yeah, it was a different time. No, just nah, kidding. It's, it's the same not, time. <laughs> it's not that different. Same time. Um, uh. But, yeah, this the plane flying in gets the attention of the police chief and his deputies. Biggest damn Cessna I ever saw. <laughs> Love this guy playing bigs. He was delivering a... A good performance. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, he tells his deputies, go over to the runway. I'm going to go to the tower and check what's going on here. And there was a weird moment where he, Biggs was eating an ice cream cone. He handed an ice cream cone to one of his deputies and the deputy started eating it. Yeah. That was just weird. Delicious. I would not, I don't think I would ever lick an ice cream cone that wasn't my my significant other had just been licking it. Like not just a coworker. No. <laughs> but no. I think it was meant to be a comic uh, touch, but it was almost oh unnoticed until you're seeing Louisiana. it. Yeah. Oh God. At any rate, up on the flight, the pilots warning everyone to brace for a bumpy landing. Everyone, even Rain, seems nervous yeah, about even it. Rain's like bracing himself. Then they touch down rather smoothly, it yeah, appeared. Those, those pilots pulled a sully. They, they nailed it. <laughs> a lot of buildup to how dicey the landing was going to be to yeah. then have it be on, you know, just a Uneventful. routine landing. Yeah. Absolutely. As soon as they're on the ground, uh, Cutter opens the door to the outside, tells Marty. Wayne's still moving. Yeah, they're rolling along. I mean, they've got to be doing 50, 60 miles an hour easy. Um, Cutter tells Marty, we're going to get in, you know, you get in touch with the airline. I'm going to coordinate with law enforcement. Right. I don't know why this is a conversation that it would be better had once they're on the ground or several, several minutes ago, but also like as you know, as he's looking out, as cutters looking out the window, we also see Forge making his move forward, which why not just shoot them? Yeah. I don't know. He like wants to sneak up on them. Yeah. At this point, we already know that there are bodies on the plane. Probably we, the plane's been hijacked. Yeah. And what's two more? Just Got kill them down. Yeah, kill them and let them fall off. Absolutely. But Forge pounces, knocks Marty aside, and kicks Cutter out the door. Cutter grabs on. He's dangling outside the plane, trying to climb back in. Right. This is the first time that I noticed in the movie that um, Cutter still wears his wedding ring. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah, it's like Martin Riggs style. Yeah. So Forge grabs Marty and kicks Cutter in the face. Cutter, Cutter falls down onto the runway. He's almost run over by the plane's wheels. Right. It's a pretty cool little action moment. Back on the helicopter, Ramsey is calling Del Vecchio on the radio. Says he's got an idea about how we can use Cutter. Yep, and uh, he's like, say what? use is just weird. But he basically he tells him, look, if there's a happy ending, Del Vecchio is supposed to tell the press that the airline had placed Cutter on board as part of their new anti-terrorist plan. The, the earliest Sky Marshal. Yeah. 
And if it didn't work out, then Delvecchio is to make no mention of Cutter's presence. Okay. Delvecchio is like very much doesn't like this. Yeah, he's like reluctant. You can visibly see he's like reluctant to go along with well, this. To me, it's like this bit, whatever it's supposed to be, is poorly executed. Yeah. Like he's planning to try to blame this on if if he wants to blame it on Cutter if it goes bad, then that needs to be spoken. Yeah. Not like if it goes bad, just don't say anything. Right. Plus, you got Delvecchio acting like. He doesn't like the fact that they're going to throw Cutter under the bus, but no one's really talking about throwing him under the bus right. yet. Um, in the bit of the script that I had read, this Ramsey character is supposed to be much more of a, a villainous type of character, just a ruthless, a, corporate guy. a ruthless corporate guy. Yeah, So, but it doesn't come across in the no. film that we're watching. No, not at all. Um, back on the plane, Rain uh, backhands Marty, Saying he's had, I had big plans for yeah, it's us. Such wonderful plans for us. Yeah. What? Since I, when? So I feel like there must. This is be, the first time you've seen her. That's the first, definitely the first time they've exchanged words. Like I feel like there must be footage on the cutting room floor that yeah. fleshes out whatever this story thread I is. I love how he tells Fergie to kill her if she disobeys, and as he walks away, she immediately disobeys and starts to like put up a fight. No <laughs> shots are fired. Like he just said, shoot her. Why he and he really should have shot her on the. Yeah. Why would you want to kick Cutter out of the plane and leave, but leave him alive? It, I have no idea. But other than that, you needed you you didn't want to kill your hero. Yeah. Halfway through the movie, um, on the runway, the deputies come rolling up, immediately pointing guns at Cutter. There's a black man. There's a black man. <laughs> this is the most realistic moment of the movie so far. <laughs> <laughs> Only they would have shot him. They would have shot and killed him. Cutter tries to explain that he's worked security for the airline, but they're not buying it. They get rough with him. Yeah. It's amazing to me that this movie is like almost 30 years old and there's still some shit that just hasn't changed. Nope. Like, you know, anyway, it's a shame. It is a fucking shame. Cutter again tries to explain who he is, that the plane's been hijacked. They cuff Cutter, force him into their cruiser. Yeah. I'm also just asking myself, if nothing else, what has he even done wrong? Right. Like, why are they putting him in cuffs? Well, his black body was on the tarmac where it shouldn't be. They don't have a reason to think that there's that this is anything more than a mechanical problem on the plane. Right. It's just weird to me. It's very odd. So police chief Biggs, he's on the radio with the cockpit up in the up in the control tower. He's wearing giant aviators because that's, that's you, what you, you have do to. when you're a southern sheriff. You have to. Shane <laughs> doesn't have a mustache. There's a missed opportunity there, though. <laughs> yes. Maybe... I feel like there was more missing action because Biggs also seems aware already that it's a hijacking. Right. Even though that hasn't been said to him that we've maybe, seen. Maybe Pa Airstrip finally got in touch with the airline and they were like, yeah, it's a hijacking. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, there's missing action of yeah. some sort yeah. here. Earlier, the guy in the tower did mention calling. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that could be what it is. Basically, Rain says he wants the plane refueled in the next five minutes, so he's going to start killing hostages, mm -hmm. which also made me think, I did research on airplane fuel, because I'm like, would they even have the type of fuel that a jumbo, like that a big airliner That's needs? That's a great question. And it seems like not. not. <laughs> yeah, what I read was that basically like small piston, like small uh, piston engine airplanes. Right use a different type of fuel, the type of, you know, Cessnas and stuff you'd find at a little airstrip. And then planes with jet engines use a different type of fuel that ignites at, yeah. a, at a higher temperature. Yeah, that, definitely. And that it's obscenely dangerous to put 
Cessna type fuel in a in a jet engine because it could explode before it's it could ignite before it's meant to and just explode the whole plane. Um, um but we're not, not supposed to, to think yeah, about this shit. Yeah. And maybe they do have Lear jets and corporate like jet engine planes. It wouldn't surprise me just time because, time. yeah, that's oil country. Probably it, it definitely is oil country. Yeah. Okay. The Louisiana Gulf Coast for sure. So Chief Biggs says he can't grant any demands at this time. And uh, Rain dumps. <laughs> he's like, look at the window. Look, out look the at window. the door. Dumps the corpse of the pilot out. It's borderline funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> Rain says, I've just killed five passengers. I'm going to kill five more every three minutes until my demands are met. It's a, it's a lot. Shit feels like a math problem. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, wait, he's if gonna, I kill five passengers every five minutes, every three minutes. There's 200 <laughs> passengers on the plane. If I kill five passengers every wait, wait, three wait, wait, minutes. Wait, 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 wait. I, need a, I need a piece of paper. Somebody get a paper and a pencil. <laughs> uh, Biggs wants assurances that Rain won't kill it, the rest once he gets what he wants. Rain says he'll release half the passengers once the fuel starts pumping. And uh, release the rest, I think, when it's full. Something right, like he, that. And he pats Biggs's ego saying, and if you agree, you'll have saved 100 passengers all by yourself. Yeah. So Biggs says he needs to make a call. Uh, Rain says, well, we while, no you do, while you do that, I'll be busy killing more passengers. No, 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 no. Fine, then fine. he quickly just agrees. He, Biggs is so out of his depth. Oh, yeah. It's like um, you, you are familiar-ish with the movie Beer Fest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where he's got the secret beer recipe, mm-hmm. or whatever, and he's like, let's bet for the beer recipe. And he's like, no, we're not gonna do it. And he's like, okay, then I guess I'm just gonna eat it. <laughs> and like starts to put it in his mouth and he's like, no, no, don't do it. Like he's just as instantly like, oh shit, he's gonna kill everyone. <laughs> he's locking and loading. Yes, I will do anything you say. Uh-huh. It makes me just fucking laugh. Rain is happy and delivers Check the and mate. <laughs> yeah. Boo. Yeah, it's not not great. Um Air traffic controller, he's telling Biggs, we should really wait for the FBI, but Biggs isn't trying to hear that. It is a tough spot he's in, though. I love that he's like, Biggs is just pouring himself a cup of coffee. Let's like, see them oh. federal boys do better than that. Uh, some type shit. Yeah. It's, I, honestly, I don't know how you're supposed to handle that. Like, if he were to start killing people, then you'd wish you had done what he said, I guess. Yeah, but if you're not, again, he, I mean, he was telling true. He's not authorized, but it is his jurisdiction until... The federal to people do the arrive. best he can, right? Yeah, yeah. I just saved a hundred lives. Let's see them damn federal boys. See if they can do any better than that. He gets to punch his pilot, wash his hands of it at this point. I love the good old boy sheriff shit uh-huh. though. Um, back at airline headquarters, guy is handing a fax to Ramsey. A little blast from the past for uh-huh. you. Yeah. Uh, Ramsey's hair has gotten hella long in the last yeah, five minutes. His mullet is pronounced. <laughs> what type of vitamins is he taking? You know? <laughs> I want them. This is obviously a scene that was added like much after the rest of the film was shot. When, um, when they realized it was only 70 minutes long? I don't know. They clearly thought this scene was vital to the film, but I'm not sure why. I I understand why. But, like, I mean, does so it bridge? Had, does it fill a big plot hole? Well, it, it feel, it, yeah, because I think it makes them understand what's about to happen, that like regardless of what happens... He's likely uh, to what kill is, everyone? What, yeah, whatever deal is made, he's likely to blow up all these people so he can get away. That's what the fact says, is that yeah. he's done this before and he blew up a plane just so he could get away, did it as a distraction. And so Ramsey puts that very important piece together. Yeah. So Ramsey's like, Oh man, we got 200 passengers on that plane. He's basically worried that they're going to blow it up just to create a diversion for his escape. But Willie, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to find out uh, next week though, as we travel on with uh, passenger 57, check it out. You guys we will be back. 